My name is Galit Friedlander. I've worn many hats in the dance world over the last 15 plus years and have created Dance Speak as a platform for people in the dance industry to share their stories and blueprints for success. So listen up and get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and get personal with the people behind the movements you love. We're sitting here in my living room in beautiful North Hollywood. I'm here with Ebony Ariel, a dancer, choreographer, founder of Show Off Dance Company. What else? The Show Off Dolls Crew. Show Off Dolls Crew. Show Off Intensive. Show Off Intensive. And Show Off Dance Center. Show Off Dance Center. And a beautiful, involved mother. Oh, which I you. think is such a huge part of your story and success for me. Thank you. What had me really want to have you here today is that I know you, I will share how I know the, our guests. So I heard that they were looking for teachers for a show off dance intensive years ago and we were in touch and I bumped into each other and then I got to teach and I was so impressed with this gem of a training program. And I slowly started finding out all these things you were doing and I thought honestly that you were like 10 years older to be have not you look young but to have all that responsibility with all due respect and be running a thriving program and then you have a daughter and then you're dancing I keep on finding out things that you're doing uh, that's <laughs> how I know you and I just wanted to really pick your brain on it and yeah, yeah. get into your world because I and also for women having a powerhouse example in the community who like you're doing it oh thank you so much yeah. I appreciate that yeah yeah I remember running into you at someone's birthday party another dance colleague and I was like I can't wait to bring you in it's going to happen we're gonna make it happen I'll bring you in and ever since then it's been on and popping and you have been able to see first the show off intensive program and mm -hmm. then the eventually there's the company which is separate and then we've been able to dance and perform together. So it's been awesome. Yeah, yay. Um, so I want to start with, to go back, right now, what do you have on your plate? Okay, right now, I have, um, I'm working with five different dance crews and teams, four of which are a part of the Show Off Dance Company. Um, there is a showcase happening at the end of the month that we're planning on for our end of the season, Great. as well as teaching dance and uh, I'm judging dance and cheer competitions, and that's every weekend. And occasionally we travel to different states to um, host the events. Mm -hmm. I'm also dancing professionally with a, an acro dance company. It's like a contemporary ballet, silhouette work, cirque, and you know jazz, whatever they throw in there. What are they called? It's called Eclipse. Eclipse. Eclipse show, yes. Mm -hmm. So we travel most recently to Italy to do an awesome event with uh, their different corporate clients. It's a really great, fun gig that I've been doing for about three years now. Mm -hmm. So um, there's the dance teams and crews. There's the Sharp International Cheer and Dance Competitions on the weekends. There's um, I perform with Antics Dance Company. It's a street dance crew. And uh, I teach, <laughs> as well as do privates and personal training. And then my daughter is super busy. Eclipse Show LA is um, directed by Mark Joseph Creative. And then um, that has been an incredible opportunity to travel and do what I love um, in a really comfortable space and place with awesome people. And then Antics Dance Crew is directed by Amy Cat Fox Champion. And um, 
that's awesome. We rehearse throughout the weeks, and then we travel every now and then. And it was so awesome getting to dance with you guys. Shout out to Amy. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful crew. I find it to be so in the soul of what hip-hop is about. Yeah, it's awesome. Street dance connected with um, theater, mm-hmm. music, art, I need to, I need poetry. To in. Where... Hmm, so many questions I want to ask you. Okay, how do you figure out your schedule? Because you have so many things. Like, how do you make it all work? I honestly pretty much say yes to everything. (laughs) (laughs) And then I find if I'm just really communicative, I tell everyone exactly what I can do. Um, I mostly focus on the can. I can do that. I'm not much of a, I don't think I can do that. If I say I can... People are really receptive, and then I let them know, this is what I can do. And then it usually works out. Um, As long as each company or group that I'm working with understands my availability, knows what I can commit to, then I'm able to place things, you know, back-to-back and right on top of each other. I tend to find that they kind of fall into place without me even having to do much finagling. Mm -hmm. They just fall into place. I wondered at the end of this month, because it's now like June 2nd, in May, I think I was in L.A. for maybe maybe 10 days, if that. And I thought, how did all of this work? How was I able to go to Italy for 10 days, (laughs) go to Hawaii for a week, only work for four hours in Hawaii, and manage to use the rest as vacation without overbooking or double booking? How was I able to go to St. Louis and then go to, uh, where did we go with? Uh, Philly. Went to Philly. Was that this month? Was that That April? It was April. Okay. So I was thinking, how was I able to do all these things, make everything happen, commit myself to all these projects, be present and in the moment, and perform at a high level with each company and give them my best? It all just fell into place. I find that I just say, this is what I can do. People are pretty flexible. If they want you, they want you. Yeah. That's really good. How has there ever been a time where? you like it crashed down and like didn't work or how did you learn that yeah, type of ethic absolutely it there's been one time it crashed down and didn't work I can remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> because this, it was the most stressful time of my life mm-hmm. that um sometimes there's some what can you do if you get an injury or if schedule changes and whatever I had planned out and mapped out to work perfectly you know, production ended up changing the schedule and calling you in a week earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. Yeah. But you make you make do. You do what you can. Yeah. Do you find that you're... I mean, this is amazing. So I'm like... Because one of the hardest things for me has been juggling. Juggling, yeah. How do you keep your energy up? I know you to be naturally so energetic, but yeah. I'm like, is there some type of, like, key that, you know, can be offered to other people... Such as myself. You know what I find? I find that if I just don't stop, I have more energy. <laughs> Ironically, like if I take a break or I have a weekend off, uh-huh. I feel like it drains me. So uh-huh. I feel like if I stay busy, and then I, I do, I have my own projects as well. So it's like if I have a downtime, instead of finding like a social thing to do, I'd rather like sit down with my computer and start creating. So like Ooh. having that creative mode keeps me energized. My little one keeps me energized. I mean, she's like seven years old. Naima? I, I, Naima. I have uh-huh. to keep up with her. She's so cute. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, I mean, parents will be like, she's like, Naima's exceptionally cute. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Of course I'm going to say she's adorable. But she like really is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, above, oh, definitely above average. Oh, thank you. Meter. 
So that's amazing. Yeah, energy. I find that energy management can be the hardest. With this podcast, when I'm done with a long day, I want to go and work on it. Yeah. And that's the one thing I can relate to. Right. But sometimes I get drained, so I'm like... I feel like if you do... If you're really selective and you do the things that you really love Mm. and you really cherish, it's much easier to give those things your best 100% energy. It's much easier to get off of the couch to get up from bed to go do something you freaking love and believe in Mm -hmm. rather than if it's something you're just doing for a paycheck or something you're just doing because someone else wants you to do it or because you think that's what someone else wants you to do or if you or if you think that's what others perceive or you're trying to please others I think it's harder I, I I find myself wanting to dismiss myself from anything that I don't genuinely feel passionate about Ooh. because it does feel like work then. Mm-hmm. I find otherwise if I'm doing what I love, it doesn't feel like work, then it's Ooh. easy. So you say yes to everything you love and then if there's something that is like you're not really feeling, you do you just... It just doesn't even go on the, <laughs> on the schedule. It just doesn't even go there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Where did, did you get this ethic from? Like, where did you get this from? It's definitely not a, a normal, average way of living or looking at things. It's very impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, probably from my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom um, put me in a lot of things mm-hmm. since I was a kid. So um, I think that's kind of like what I'm used to. That's my norm, actually. And if I'm not doing a lot of things, that's when the stressors come into play. That's when I start thinking about life and all the things that could go wrong or what's not right. I feel like if I... I'm staying consistently busy. I don't have time to worry. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like my mom doing that, she put me in a lot of different things and I juggled from a very young (laughs) age. And I remember juggling a lot of things and telling her, you know, I don't like this one thing. (laughs) When I go to this one thing, I don't feel good. You know, I need to cut that out. But instead of just cutting that out, I said, "Can can you cut that out and make me go to this one place longer? And that's probably slowly but surely what developed this pattern of, um, you know, partly workaholic, that I have, and then just uh, dri- drive, drive, being selective, and you know, finding what I love to do and p- making it work for me mm. and not anyone else. Ooh, that makes sense. I'm like picturing like a y- like a young <laughs> Ebony, but like the same, just like shorter. <laughs> um, show off. How did that start? Cause I, I feel like it's that. I mean, that's such a feat. How many dancers do you have? First of all. In the company total, there are about 80 dancers. That's impressive. And when I'm there, like, it has such a life to it. And I think it can be, like, you know, studios, places, they work, not saying you don't, like, they work so hard and they don't get anywhere sometimes near having that type of core. Yeah, Yeah. how did it start? So I actually was working as an after-school program coach for about seven years at Virgil Middle School. Mm -hmm. And I got really attached to the program and to the students. And once they would go to high school, a lot of them would come back, ask me if they could help teach or if they could still dance with me. They said that maybe some high schools they went to that they attended didn't have any after-school program or any arts enrichment that they were interested in. And I felt like it was such a huge loss that all of my effort and hard work in terms of, you know, teaching them not only dance technique and, you know, giving them performance opportunities, but giving them a place to go after school, a safe place, a mentorship, a coach, a friends, a social life um, of people that they could relate to, um, fitness, nutrition training, and exercise. They didn't have any of these things. And I thought, 
you know, I put spent a lot of my time after school five days a week, three hours a day with those kids, sometimes spending more time with them than they did with their families, that they would go to a high school and then be dismissed after school to no families because they're working and no after school program, no group of friends that motivates and supports them. So that's why I created Show Off. Mm. Wow, I'm like I'm picturing everything <laughs> as it's happening. And it's such a, a crucial age. You yeah. created Show Off. How did you how did you start it? Can you like walk us through it? Because I'm sure there are people who are gonna listen who wanna maybe start programs of their own or you know, you're a business owner. Absolutely. You're a thriving business owner. So then what was the next step? So um, after the vision, I pretty much started it out with those students that I'd already worked with that I had known who had the interest. Mm -hmm. And it started off as the show-off intensive, which was just workshops. Seasonal workshops either in the summer or in the spring or in the fall. And those core group of students who helped me get it off the ground because of their interest... They attended all events for free, and they were a part of what was called the street team that they just mm-hmm. had to promote and bring their friends. Word of mouth pretty much grew show-off intensive. I didn't do much promoting. It was just, you know, I built the relationships with the students. I invested in those people who then spread the word. So once it grew and the students wanted to do more than just a seasonal workshop, I decided to hold the open audition for the company letting the students know exactly what they were getting themselves into, that it'd be intensive training, and that I will help you with what you need. What do you need? Do you want to work on industry readiness and preparation? Do you want to pick up choreography faster? you want stretching and tumbling and technique? You need to build up your stamina. What are you interested in gaining from this program? And that's, it's been very individualized since then. Um, and it's grown. So the more numbers that grew, I didn't just split it up. So you have the show-off dolls crew who do the burlesque and they're 18 and over. And you have the show-off dance company seniors, they're 18 and over as well. And then you have the junior crew, which is a mix of middle school and high school. And now recently, within the last three months, I started the show-off dance and cheer minis, which is a combo dance and cheer program. And uh, currently there's only elementary school kids, but I'm hoping to grow that as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Have there been any obstacles um, in in the creating the, the, sorry, the program, the intensive. Have there been any obstacles, any times where like, how am I gonna continue this or? Yeah, absolutely. Can can you speak about that a bit? Yeah, I'm trying to juggle not only being a professional performer, which is my main source of income, but I'm also trying to be a mother. So there are times when I had to postpone the start of the seasons for Mm -hmm. show off because I was either working or I was traveling, or I needed to make sure that I was able to take care of my home and myself before investing in Show Off. Show Off was something that, in the beginning, took all of my investment, my time, my energy, and my own money, because we didn't, at that time, I didn't have any um, investors or anything of that sort, but working through the after-school programs that I did, I was able to receive some scholarships and grant money, and then eventually I was able to use that to continue to grow my program and also um, further my education so I could understand how to grow my program. So those were some of the obstacles that I had, you know, learning how to use my money wisely. So I needed to go to school. Um, I went to school. I went to LMU. Okay. And I studied dance and kinesiology. And then on the side, I also studied business. Great. Yeah. So that was one of the challenges. Another challenge besides my time and being able to do things was the fact that it is only me 
I would struggle from time to time to find an assistant director who could pick up the slack for me <laughs> when I'm not around. Yeah. So there are times I have awesome people to work with, but they have lives of their own as well. Yeah. And um, for the most part, most of the work falls on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. So I could be from one moment collecting payments and then the next moment teaching the class and the next moment choreographing or mixing the music. I have found that delegating has been the best thing that I've learned with running my small business, mm-hmm. my program, and my studio now has been to learn how to delegate. So I don't mix music anymore. I only teach and choreograph occasionally, and um, I don't perform in all of the things that, I, that are presented my way. I'm more selective, and I have my ongoing jobs and gigs that I work. I also made the huge sacrifice of not auditioning. I've not mm. been to a dance audition in over three years. Those would pop up and I wouldn't be able to attend my workshop or I wouldn't be able to run a class. So I made that sacrifice. How did you choose it? Because I've always noticed I'm like, you're such a, I'm not just saying it to like, you know, but like you're so talented. You definitely are. You could go to anything and kill it. How did you choose yeah. that? How do you make that? I made the choice to stop auditioning a few years ago when I had the opportunity to dance with different companies who would hire me consistently without re-auditioning me. Mm. They knew what I could do, they knew my skill set, and I was able to also grow within it, to not just stay where I'm at, but to get better and continue to do the same job repeatedly. Mm -hmm. So with that opportunity also came my agent saying, hey, you're not available. You're booked out. You're not available. And it just did not work out. Although I I had an amazing agent. I can't say anything negative about that lifestyle or about having an agent. You know, I wouldn't have some of the jobs I had hadn't I gone to those auditions and booked some of those jobs and put those credits on my resume. Yeah. So I have to give a huge shout out to Clear Talent Group because I auditioned for them when I was 20 and they changed my life. It was an amazing experience and opportunity. But as I got older, it was became much harder to go to the auditions and make the sacrifice to not go teach a class or not go to do something that is set in stone and, you know, solid that I know I can actually profit from. Yeah. And how does it if I like how does it feel now that you like made that choice? It's the road less traveled. A huge sense of relief. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I feel like I've, I've been there, done that. It was great. And um, I, I prefer not to interrupt my schedule with an audition at this moment. At least not in this time. It's not something I, I miss. Yeah. I think it's so good to hear because there's a lot of us who are out there and not in the audition world anymore. Or it's just like not... It's not for everyone. And it it's a taboo for dancers. It is you're a not thing. signing. You're not auditioning. How yeah. are you working? Well, you know, you build your relationships. You prove yourself. And you build something for yourself. And you could find those pockets where you could fit in and, and also work without yeah. feeling compelled to audition. If you have the time in your schedule and you have the flexibility, by all means, go for it. But if you're a working mother (laughs) who's trying to build a business, it just might not work out. So to, you know, jump back to your question, challenges with building a business would be Mm -hmm. learning how to delegate. Mm -hmm. So I'm not doing everything myself. Like, okay, these things are the things I don't do. Yeah. And that has brought me a huge sense of relief. 
not spreading myself too thin by, okay, I cut off auditioning and I decided that I don't have time for that. Oh, okay. You know, so yeah. those things, the main uh, things, sacrifice and delegating. And do you do your own like numbers for your business and wow. How did you go into transitioning into the show off dance center from renting studio space? Great question. I got fed up. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted my program to have some consistency. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to hop around from studio to studio. I wanted a place where we could feel like we were at home. Mm. I wanted familiarity. And um, I started some searching and eventually found a space. Um, I was lucky enough that my husband helped put down the deposit. And then from there on, I just, to be honest, I took a risk. Mm. I think some of the greatest rewards come with risks. So I took the risk to move my program to the space, which was on the west side of L.A., which is closer to my home, which was a huge risk being that all of my students mostly live in the 818 or Mm -hmm. the Hollywood or the 213 area, like Koreatown, downtown L.A., North Hollywood, Burbank, Sherman Oaks. They all live, you know, over the hill. Yeah. (laughs) And I I thought, who is going to come to the west side of L.A., you know, near Beverly Hills, Century City, and... uh, you know, Rancho Park, who's going to come over there for classes? And I took that risk, I promoted it, I put it out there and showed up that Sunday to the center we're renting and there were a handful of new people and a bunch of my familiar faces that I knew and someone told me like, why are you surprised people came? They will follow if they're getting what they want out of it. Mm-hmm. It's a great program. Someone told me that. Yes. It's a great program. It's a great opportunity. Of course they came. And I shocked. I was shocked. I was emotional. <laughs> so take risks because you never know what can happen. Risks. I hear that a lot. And it's great to, <laughs> it's great to hear it in context, though, because you hear risk, it sounds so scary. Yeah. But then it, like, it makes sense. It's like it built itself up to like, okay, well, this is what works for me and it's time. It wasn't just like, oh, there's a risk. Let me grab it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought... Maybe I should do my my studio where we've been rehearsing or where yeah. all the dancers are. But then I was like, you know, North Hollywood is saturated with awesome studios. Mm-hmm. The West Side doesn't really have much of that. Yeah. So, you know, let me place myself somewhere where I'm more valued. Mm-hmm. And let me take the risk and hopefully all the students will follow if not, I was like, you know, I'm just going to have to build a new following <laughs> on the west side of L.A. I'm going to have to find new students. I love that attitude also that it's like, okay, like all in. And if it doesn't work one way, it'll work another way. Yeah. You're a phenomenal teacher. Oh, I appreciate and that. And that's one thing I noticed immediately. And when I've gotten to sit in for a little bit of you teaching or even when you come in and you're like, no, guys, wait a second. That's not what she said. <laughs> How you have just great skill with teaching. Is that something that you learned? Yes, absolutely. I think I would say that I started teaching before I started dancing, and it sounds kind of funny. Before I started dancing professionally, I actually found myself teaching. I can My earliest memory of teaching is uh, maybe third grade. I was in the bathroom, and the girls, well, there's a mirror, you know, full-length body mirror, and the girls are like, please show me this dance move. So I'm like in the mirror, and I'm showing the dance moves. And then I was like, yeah, that felt good. That felt good to me, like sharing that with them. Yeah. But my next memories of teaching would be um, my freshman year when I lived in Ohio. 
I was doing some dance moves, some like line dances because those were really popular on the East Coast. We had like mm-hmm. so many of them. And a group of students were following along because they wanted to learn them. So when we go out to the teen clubs, we can like get down. And the Shout pe- out to <laughs> teen clubs. I used to go to them. Shout out. Right. It's an East Coast thing. Is it? So the, okay. I think so. So the PE teacher saw me and was like, hey, you know what? Every Friday, you could teach a dance thing. You know, and then he's like, whoever wants to go with you on Fridays could go dance. And that was my thing. Every Friday, people looked forward to coming to taking my dance classes. And I would change the line dances up and put my own spin on it. I didn't know I was a choreographer at that moment. I didn't know I was teaching. I was just sharing. It felt like just sharing. So then I um, ended up getting homeschooled because I wanted to get away from distractions. And I wanted to work on my art. And I wanted to... I felt like I was just you know, getting too distracted by people. So I ended up moving to L.A. feeling quite lonely. Did you, so you moved with your mom? I moved to L.A. with my mom. And I was homeschooled. I was 16. Wow. I felt lonely. I didn't know anyone. And I I thought, you know what? I'll go to high school. Let's see what this has to offer me. (laughs) So I go to high school. And um, because I was homeschooled, they made me take two P.E. classes as a senior. And... I was like, excuse me, I'm really active. And I've documented all my activity in homeschooling. I don't need to take two PE classes. No seniors had PE classes. Only the juniors and the freshmen and the sophomores had PE classes. So I ended up being older in my classes and taking lots of roles as a leader. So one of my PE... So I decided to take... um, You know, I went to Beverly Hills High. They had great options for PE classes. I took aerobic dance and jazz dance. And... um, both teachers noticed that I pick up choreography quickly and I took a great liking to dance and I could, had good leadership, so they both let me teach. <laughs> <laughs> so my senior year at Beverly Hills High, I was teaching two PE classes Wait, several days a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like... That's funny, right? That's amazing, but it's also like the teachers were just not working. <laughs> One of them only let me teach occasionally like a routine. The other wouldn't show up. There were days she were did not paid? show up. I was not paid, absolutely not. So there were days I'd walk in, I'd be like, wow, she's not coming today. She's not here. It's my class. I would just teach. I'm not kidding. The teacher did not show up to one of those classes. One, one of the, the PE classes, the teacher would just not show up sometimes. And she trusted me to run the class and wow. to teach routines. So that's how I got my start teaching. And I, so by the time I, I'm only 17, by the time I'm 18, 19, I am really comfortable in, in a setting of being with, um, being in front of a class. I'm really comfortable also having people in the class that don't want to do things. I'm really comfortable bringing people out of the shell and I've already started to get my creative wheels turning at, the, at a young age. That's crazy. So now this is starting to make sense. <laughs> Still, you really have a, a style of teaching versus showing. Uh, and I'm like, does that does that come from anywhere else, or it's just some people are? I, I respect it because LA, especially because there's so many um, professionals mm-hmm. and so many people that are really just looking to be prepared for auditions with just show me choreo, whatever. But like you, you really break things down, and you have an eye. That's the first thing I noticed when I taught at Show Off. Mm-hmm. You have an eye for for movement and for bodies, and there would be a style, and you would pick up something that I had taught out of it that I didn't even realize was an element. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, your foot's there, or this, you're doing this with your torso. You have an eye of breaking down movement. Does that come from it anywhere? Or? You know, partially that could come from my background in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And um, 
When did you start gymnastics? Eight years old. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was told by someone who watched me move that I'm very aware of the physical yes. and the shape and the line of things. Um, so there's that. And then the, the whole emotional part and connection to movement came from, you know, probably Santa Monica College, and that's where I studied modern dance. And then I took myself out of that element. So I'd say overall, like, my training probably helps aid in my teaching with mm-hmm. the versatility of the amounts of styles and techniques that I've learned throughout the years. Can you speak a little bit about that training? Because I remember us talking when we were doing the antique show, yeah. and you were like, yeah, I'm really just a gymnast who took some dance classes. <laughs> you said it in some way, but yeah. I was like, no way. I so, said, I'm a mediocre gymnast yeah. who's good at other things. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yes, I would say I'm a mediocre gymnast who's good at other things. So there's, I found a passion in like for gymnastics, and I loved it. However, I did not do it for very long. I did it for five years and I reached a point of skills and techniques. What I did, however, just hung on to them while I did other things. I did not let those skills and techniques like float away from me. Mm. So I'm 27 now and I could still do every single skill I pretty much could do when I was 13. Okay. And when I finished doing gymnastics, still have all those skills. And um, so while I did not train that at all, in the last decade or more. <laughs> well, I didn't train that at all. I hung on to it, so I was still able to learn other skills and techniques. But I find it's interesting that I find myself doing a lot of tumbling and acro when that is not something I studied for very long. It's just something, it's just a skill I hung on to. Uh, what's your dance training like? So for dance training, I started with uh, ballet at mm-hmm. you know, four to eight years old, and then uh, gymnastics. So. I'd say that's where my foundation and technique comes from. Wow. And while I did not train those things for several years, um, I hung on to them in my yeah. muscle memory. It's really important that you stay healthy, you work out, you train your body so it can, you know, absorb the techniques that you're learning. They don't kind of dissipate over the years. Do you have anything that you do to hold on to it, like a nightly routine, or how did you hold on to it? Just consistency, you know, practicing when you're at home, okay. stretching from time to time, and um, eating healthy, living a healthy lifestyle overall, keeping your brain clear so you can actually do those things that you love to do and, you know, be full out when needed to be, mm-hmm. you know? So I'd say that no particular routine, but just being consistent. Okay. Yeah. And then you, so you had ballet four to eight, gymnastics. From eight to 13. From eight to 13. Yeah, and then, and then I took a break, pursued music, a music <laughs> career. Great! <laughs> what? Yeah. Awesome! Yeah, I took a break, pursued a music career, and then that's when I um, wanted to go to high school because I didn't know anyone in LA, yet, and mm-hmm. I was like, let me go to school. Mm-hmm. That's when dance consumed my life, I'd say because I was in those two PE classes, so I decided to take dance because I thought that would be more fun. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I'm teaching them. So then there ends up being an audition for hip hop te- the hip-hop performance on the dance company. Because I joined the, t- the school at the last minute, I wasn't able to audition for dance company, mm-hmm. which was, you know, okay. I hadn't really been taking any dance classes since I was, you know, eight years old. So I thought, let me audition for the hip-hop crew. At least I could still perform and dance. And I ended up doing that and that had that ended up being my first choreographed 
dance routine performing with other people. I was <laughs> 17. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, they ended up choreographing a duet for me for that show, and that changed my life. So Beverly Hills High, AP Posse, shout out to that crew. They changed my life. So that crew performed at different elementary schools in Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, the parents are coming up to me. Do you teach privates? I want you to teach my kid. So now my schedule's packed with privates. I'm, at se- I'm 17 and I'm going up in the hills and I'm teaching privates oh at all these goodness. homes. And then these kids, you know, perform their routines at talent shows and then the schools contact me and say, hey, can you choreograph our kids for the variety show or for the talent show? Sure. So, you know, I'm not even out of high school yet and I'm choreographing at different elementary schools wow. in the area. So I found that... Um, I, teaching didn't, I didn't find teaching, it found me, to be 100% honest. Yeah. I didn't pursue teaching because I wanted to build up my resume, or I wanted to build up my following, or I wanted people to look at me, or I wanted my choreography noticed. I started teaching because there was a demand for it. People wanted it, they needed it, I, and because I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. So I, when you, that's, I think you asked me that earlier, like, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm not so much of a just show, but mm-hmm. I, I could be really hands-on and I yeah. could be descriptive. It's because I did not pursue teaching for myself. Ooh. I want, it, that's beautiful. It, thank you. It was yeah, not a selfish yeah. choice. It, it was a, a giving choice. It was because I wanted to share. Mm. Mm-hmm. And did you, um, the students that you got during those years, have you been in touch with any of them or... Yeah. Kind of maintain for a while. Absolutely. You know, some of the show off members that you see, yeah. they've been with me since they were 11 years old. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I would love to hear a little bit about um, you danced with Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Not that I it matters, and or, yeah. not that it has to be a validation, right. but like, I feel who like. Cares? But yeah, the, that was the first. <laughs> Um, job I booked and it's a great lesson it's a great teacher mm-hmm. for as far as like well I learned a lot from it but it's a great thing for me to share and speaking about because a lot of people a lot of young dancers will say to me well how how do I book things I need to know people I need to ever I need to network I need to be in their class I need to know me and I'm like well yeah that works or you could just show off at an audition and that's undeniable because I have that experience. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. I would not be able to give that to my students unless I experienced it. And I could say, yes, you can know people because I've been there too, and I'll get to that later. Or you can literally show up and no one knows you. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew me. I show up. I showed up. You showed up. Showed up. <laughs> I showed up that, and I was short enough. Hey, that works, right? <laughs> I showed up and I was short. So there we go. That's the first thing that worked Did out Did you for need me. to be short? Yeah, you had to be short. For Nicki Minaj? Yeah. Hey. All the tall girls got cut. So I showed up and I was short, and then I showed up and I showed off. Um, what's, what, you know, several rounds of choreography, and I stayed, and then they asked, um, this is a good teaching moment, because um, just to remind dancers to be themselves and work on your freestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicki says, I want to see ballet or I want you guys to dance to this song and I thought you know I could go out there and do ballet but I, I think she wants to see a, a contemporary lyrical you know piece right now to this music several dancers went up and let me tell you their ballet was better than mine their technique was better than mine they were more flexible than me but I went last and I did not what I 
just heard her say verbally, I did what I felt she wanted to see. I listened to other context clues. And most, most importantly, I listened to the damn song. Listen to the song. You know, I listened to the song and I did what the song made me do. And she ended up making me perform that solo twice at the audition. And she goes, that's what I was looking for. Theatrics. You made me feel something. And it didn't matter that my ballet technique, because when's the last time I had taken ballet? Eight years old? You know? <laughs> That's why I say hold on to your techniques. Yeah. Right? So, and she goes, do it again. And I was like, okay, how do I repeat that same moment, right? Mind you, the choreographer didn't know me. No, not one dancer in the room knew me. So there's the possibility of booking jobs without someone knowing you. So she ends up telling me, go sit down after that. <laughs> I, I booked the job. Um... And that was my first job I'd ever booked. And I didn't even audition for clear till I was 20 years old. So no one should feel like they're too old or that their technique is not good enough. Hmm. A note, get a clip of uh, Ebony dancing because you can tell you put in attention and a, a push and a, it's just a care into it. You're not lazy. Ah, uh, And yeah. it's like <laughs> this extra, like you feel through everything and I can tell how hard working you are when you dance, it's I, I don't even have another word for it, but you articulate your movements so well. And that's also it. it it's a personal choice and a way of being. Mm-hmm. And also a note with the opportunities you've had. We all know Ebony, if you're on a gig, we know that Ebony's going to really yeah, show out and be responsible, learn the choreography, be clean and know everything. And you're always <laughs> a step, you're always a step ahead. And that's I'll also important that. to know. It's not just like you're good and you, you, things have fallen a certain way. Like that's who you are in jobs and people know they can count on you for it. Right. And that's when you end up booking the jobs consistently over and over because you've built that trust. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have a skill set that it's like, well, you can go and tumble and you can do fight choreography. Yeah. Do, lots of, yeah, do lots of stuff, you know, you know, be ver- as versatile as possible. If I could give advice to other young dancers, it, it would certainly be that. If I were to think of back of the teachers I've had and what they've said to me, I, I could recall that first teacher at Beverly Hills High saying to me, you're too full out. You've you got to tone it down. And I had just started dancing. And I wanted to cry. Like, what do you mean I'm too full out? You know, like, I'm trying my best. And then I remember um, being in a rehearsal, being kind of told the same thing in different words. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go 70%. I'm going to go 70. I want to go 100. I'm going to go 70. And the choreographer, he didn't know I was going to go 70. But when I went 70, he goes, yes, Ebony, that, oh, yes. And I thought to myself, I guess I got to go 70. (laughs) But that being, like, said, um, I think because I go full out and I've been going full out throughout my training, that's part of what made all my techniques stick because – my muscle memory was so much stronger because I was actually doing it so hard and with so much is, intention. Yeah, your 50% is someone else's 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is important because dancers will think that I thought for the longest time that my mark was going to do anything in life. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. When you're nervous on stage, if you were giving a little wing, chicken wing for your arm instead of a straight <laughs> arm, you're going to do a chicken wing on stage. Exactly, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, moving... My brain just froze. Um, I, oh. We were talking about gigs we and about, jobs. Yeah, and knowing people. And yeah, you don't have so to know people. You don't have to know people. Right. Then there's the situation where um, I put I put together the show off dolls pretty much only for ABDC. And the reason I created this burlesque thing is because my mom always played burlesque music and I listened to Marilyn Monroe growing up and all these great old standards and 
I thought I want to do a crew that dances to the best style of music. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I threw it together for ABDC. We hardly knew each other. We rushed (laughs) it. But we ended up making it all the way to the final round. And this was so exciting, right? So exciting for us. Um, We we thought we might make it on the show, but Mm -hmm. we ended up not being selected for the show, which was a huge bummer because we had gone back for the day two callback and worked really hard and went all the way to the production's interview. But you know, maybe a month or so later after that rejection, I got a call from Raquel Lander from We Are Heroes, who was at the audition helping to judge with along with Randy Jackson. And she goes, hey, We Are Heroes needs another girl because, <laughs> you know, one of our girls is away and studying in school and we have a gig and uh, we need someone to jump on in here. Are you interested? So... One door closes, another door opens, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so I would say that that um, is another example of you don't need to know people. However, now that I do know these people, that's how I was able to do America's Best Dance Crew and, you know, have the opportunity to dance with Neo and work with Nappy Taps because I knew them. So I I can say that I've experienced both, not being known and not knowing anyone and booking off the strength of your... Um, your work ethic and pretty mm-hmm. much exactly what you showed up and showed out to do. And then I've all, I also can say that I've booked on the strength of my reputation and my relationships as well. They're all, it's all really important. How, um, how, what was it like filming for ABDC? Um, an amazing experience. I am so, you know, blessed I got to work with Nappy Taps. You know, working with them is truly a gift. They're mm-hmm. so professional. They're so on point. Um, they're efficient, mm-hmm. they're funny, they're easygoing, they're, they're hashtag goals of the way <laughs> I want to work. What's great is I felt like the way they were teaching and choreographing, the way they were working is really similar to, to the way I work with my students, so it okay. made me feel like really proud. Um, they treat all the dancers with lots of respect and, um, mm. and treated us not only like professionals but like artists. Mm-hmm. It was um, a great opportunity to explore. Um, we didn't have much time, we were rushed, but even with that, we still had a great opportunity to um, be creative. So it was amazing. Um, Neo is like one of the sweetest artists I've Aww. ever worked with. He is extremely humble. And, you know, he inspired me because he got out there. Like, he rehearses. We, we barely see him rehearse, but he comes out and he's just solid. He just knows what he's doing. And then he's singing live and it's like... <laughs> is there any like, what do we not see in the in ABDC is there anything in the filming that you were surprised by or like behind the scenes oh I can't believe it actually goes like this because TV is so different from what we think right right um with that particular season what you see is what you get yeah um what what's interesting is the transformation of the, some of the pieces, how much they change <laughs> before they get on the show. Mm-hmm. But um, really, with that show, what you see is what you get. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I would love to transition into speaking a little bit about having a child. Yeah. And what was that like for you when it, ha- like, you know, as it happened? Yeah. And did you think you'd have to sacrifice like XYZ? There's this uh, a story that right. female dancers have that like it all stops when you have a kid. Like I'll have my dance career and then yeah. I'll have a child. So yeah. can you speak a little bit about your experience with as much as you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, 
I got pregnant when I was 20 years old, and I was studying dance at SMC at Santa Monica College, mm-hmm. and I felt so worried because I was like, how am I going to do a major that includes like physical movement and dancing and performing? And um, I remember being a little torn and talking to my mom, and my mom said to me, follow your heart. And I remember being like, well, damn, that's easy. <laughs> like, oh, that was so simple. That's all she need to say, needed to say to me were those three words, follow your heart. And I was like, bam, easy. If I'm following my heart, I'm going to have a baby, and that's easy. So um, literally that's how I made my decision and how I came to it. And it happens, so happens to be that my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, We've been together now, yikes, like nine years. <laughs> he was just cool with whatever I chose. He made he made things easy for me as well. So I made the decision to stay in school while being pregnant. So, of course, <laughs> there is a video out there of me performing <laughs> at SMC in the Synapse Dance Theater, seven months pregnant. I'm doing a solo, and I am flipping and stuff, too. Don't, Stop it. Yeah, I'm, like, doing handstands and versions on the box, and then... Um, that was when I was like five or se- five to seven months pregnant, somewhere around there, maybe like five or six, because I'm not that big. But when I was maybe three months pregnant and like still having like a little bit of like nausea, I was performing with the Synapse Theater in seven pieces. I am not exaggerating. I was in seven like? pieces. I almost threw up backstage. I would, but I had already committed to doing the pieces and then got pregnant, so I couldn't pull out. <laughs> So what was their reaction? <laughs> they were a little worried about people were like, oh my gosh, because I was still tumbling. <laughs> I was still flipping. I, I kind of stopped flipping after that show. I still did things like handstands and stuff, but I wasn't flipping after <laughs> seven months. But three, no, three months I was okay. flipping for sure. I was performing seven pieces. And then after that, I still took... Um, I was taking ballet, but I noticed it was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I stopped taking ballet, and I took choreography and yoga. Mm-hmm. And those worked out. I felt, felt my daughter kick for the first time in yoga. And um, I had five videos of me in choreography class pregnant. That was awesome. <laughs> so I have my daughter, and I take some time off to, you know, How much recover. Time? I took maybe about seven weeks. Okay. Yeah, before I went back to school. I wasn't dancing professionally at this point yet. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I may not have auditioned even for an agent. I'm not sure if I've reached that point. I think, to be 100% honest with you, my dance career did not start popping until after I had my daughter. Wow. Which is quite the contrary to what you just said, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. I didn't transfer to a university until after I had my daughter. I didn't get my driver driving license until after I had my daughter. I didn't... Um, audition for an agent until after I had my daughter. I didn't start show off until after I had my daughter. <laughs> so if anyone tells you that your career slows down at all or stops, they couldn't be more wrong. I mean, to each their own, right? Everybody can choose their own path and what works for one may not work <laughs> for the other. However, I'd say like my life didn't really get started and pop in. Like my dance life and my career didn't really jump off until after I had my daughter, ironically. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I didn't book my first tour or my first job until after I had my daughter. And you know, my husband and my daughter drove out to some of the gigs and drove out to San Jose when I was on the tour. Um, luckily, I have not have been stuck with a situation where I have to make a decision to leave for a long time. I'm never really gone long. 
that's another reason why I decided that you know auditioning doesn't it doesn't work for me. I can't go on tour. I can leave for a couple days at a time, a few days at a time, but ultimately I need to have work that keeps me in LA for mm-hmm. the most part. So you know my daughter influenced that choice in my life heavily, of course. Do you feel like the specificity of your schedule? Because you know, like now I want to be in LA and yeah. what you're focused on. Do you think? Do you feel like that's helped you book more work because you gave more focus in that's specific a great, areas? You know, I didn't think of it that way, but now that you bring it up, absolutely. I think had I not had my daughter and had I not decided to make most of my work come out of LA and not you know go on tour or things like that, maybe I would have been spreading myself too thin. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps, and also because I wanted to make my living mostly in LA not on the road it forced me to put more time and energy and effort into show off and building up have you ever worked a side job like a not like, dance job yeah <laughs> yeah let me share this, this okay this is it's very relevant too let's see the first non-dance job I had was working at Mercedes-Benz of Beverly Hills yeah. um I was just on like some one of those websites where you find a job like I don't know like I can't think of it forgot but I just uploaded my resume and was like yeah I should I graduated high school I should like work (laughs) a job and I applied to be a receptionist and when they met me they said well one you're too young you're only 17 but we'll wait for you to turn 18 and we'll hire you on the service drive to work as a barista because you're so cute and funny and sweet and I think you'll be great with greeting guests in person. So they hired me to work on the service drive. I didn't work a register. I got paid lots of tips, and I got overtime. It was an awesome first, like, non-dance-related job. My first jobs were all dance and teaching. Mm-hmm. But um, it was awesome. I ended up meeting my husband there. He still works at Mercedes-Benz at Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, he used to, like, come help me with my supplies. You got a husband out of it. I got it. a husband out of it. That's the whole reason I had to work there, right? <laughs> So That's yeah, amazing. I, was, I left there to go to SMC. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I met my husband, and after that, I just was going to school. Um, I think I was, I was a seasonal employee for like a couple months. I didn't complete it though at um, <laughs> Express Fashion. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even. I don't even know if I cashed my checks. Like I. I didn't. Mean, what? I, I wasn't. I didn't even know if I was getting paid or. Che- I wouldn't know if I was clocking in. That's what it was. I didn't even know how to clock in. <laughs> Like, I, I don't even think I was clocking in properly. And I was like, this job is not for me. I can't do it. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I love it. It's such a it's such a unique story. I, I, like, I, I love it. There's one thing I did forget to ask. Has there ever been, have you had, like, very encouraging people behind you? Have you ever had, like, any naysayers? If I ever had naysayers, I wouldn't notice them. Okay. Yeah. Because I focus so much on, on the good. Yeah. But I think, like, if they were there, I don't think I would have noticed. Like, awesome. I, you know, like, you see these memes of, like, people always talking about haters this, haters yeah. that. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're just doing your thing, <laughs> how would you even notice these haters? Like, if Ooh. I even had na- haters, I wouldn't even notice they were <laughs> hating. So that's the truth. Um, I can't I can't even think of a naysayer. Yeah, it's no, crazy. it's beautiful. What's next? What can we expect in the next year? Ooh. You know, it's so funny, like, I say to people, like, for the most part, I don't really set that many goals. Mm -hmm. Um, Things just kind of happen. They just, like, they pop up, and then I embrace them in the moment. So I can say that there will be surprises, because I don't even know what's going to come up. I will say, however, that I 
intend to grow the show-off dance company program as much as possible, gain more students, both the dance and cheer, mm-hmm. um, reach out to more students on the west side of LA, and enjoy my, my time with my family, with my daughter. She's part of the show-off dance and cheer minis, and she has her first competition this weekend. <laughs> and she's so excited because she's usually there like with me like while I'm judging and she's like she told one of her coaches uh, the cheer coach she said I can't believe I'm going to be doing it that I'm going to be performing and not just there like hanging out or helping or backstage I can't believe I'm doing it so I'm excited to watch her grow and to be there for her she's like totally following in my footsteps she's she's in gymnastics yeah. She enjoys dance. See all the Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, so just my mommy things, Amazing. growing the business. And I don't know, I, how old am I now? 27? You know, I'm going to go full out and dance professionally probably another three years. Mm. You know, you might see me at 31, 32, 33 still dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I might eat my own words. Mm-hmm. But I would like to go hardcore as much as I can another three years and then start to retire from performing professionally and making that my main source of income by the age of 30. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. Check it in three years. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) It's a very interesting question that I get asked a lot. I'm like, what's the retirement age for dancers? And as women, it's different. We don't know, right? I still don't even know. It's hard because it's... Well, it's tough to say because you look young, Mm -hmm. so we can, like, work younger We can still do stuff, right? Definitely now. And then after... I found, and it's so hard for me to admit to myself, and then harder to admit to other people, I just don't want to deal with certain crap. (laughs) I can see that. I get that from you all the time. (laughs) Well, I've always been like that about certain crap. It's just my crap changes. Yeah, you're like tolerance for crap. It's like, what's our our crap tolerance point right now? It's just for different stuff. Um, At first, it was like the novelty of dancing and the you know, let me just get to do this, and now it's like, well, what are you doing it for? And it's, you know, I love that you do it for a while, and you're like, well, I don't know, if I'm 14 hours on a set, and it's cold, and I'm getting paid $150, and, well, my bills are higher, and my energy is more valuable. Absolutely. Like, it's stuff yeah. like that, where you have to be selective, and that's okay, you know, saying no, so... We'll see what I we'll see what I can say no to <laughs> in the next three years, and whether or not I can eventually yeah. transition you know just directing just choreographing yeah, I can see that just teaching eventually yeah I what I love though is that I feel like I've started to learn to and it seems like you've always been like that work smarter you're yeah. really smart with your time and working smarter kind of handles a lot of things so I remember my first 14 hour shoot I was like I'm just happy to be here <laughs> and there was a dancer a few years old and she's like oh you're new uh, <laughs> it's just awesome um, what's something that you'd like to be remembered for, known for in the Ooh. dance world? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> surprise. I would love, I know, right? You didn't let me know. I would have thought this out. No, I would love to be remembered for having a, a beautiful spirit hmm. and being warm and welcoming. That's probably the main thing. Great. Yeah. Great. You have that. Aw, thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's more important than anything else. Of course, I would love people to remember, like, oh, she's a dynamic performer. But I prioritize people feeling like that I have a great energy and mm. a warm spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's there for sure. 
but what are you working on? What are you? You promoting? can follow me on. No kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, how can people? You have such an interesting path. I think people ought to follow um, what you're hey, up to. Okay, follow me, guys. Uh, you can follow me at Ebony Ariel on Insta. Please follow Show Off Dance and Show Off Dolls. Great. Um, and you can find us on all social media outlets, and our website is showoffdance.com. Showoffdance.com. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Um, yes, in everything you do, show love for the people around you, clap for others, cheer them on, show support, support your friends, support your family, show respect for your elders, for your peers, for your choreographers, directors, for your staff, and show off. Be yourself, love yourself, know what you do, know what you bring to the table. Yeah! <laughs> That's all. Thank you so much for coming, taking... An hour, ooh, more than an hour, two hours, <laughs> basically, an hour and a half, an hour, 45 minutes. Thank you for taking time out of your day um, to sit here with me. I think you are so inspiring, and I've learned so much from you, just from the way that you show up places. Oh, I appreciate that. It inspires me to be really strong and be positive, and also, you are someone, I will say so people listen really get it you are someone that you are so on top of what you do so committed and so present that that has a person say I want to hire her or I want to work with her like that's who you are to people so oh, really thank you for you. being you and you are so hardworking and so impeccable oh so thank you thank I, you for having me and for saying these things like sure. I'm gonna take all this good energy and vibes with me throughout my day I appreciate it so much that means the world thank you Kelly thank you and congrats on this podcast I'm gonna promote it like thank you day. yay yay Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our Dance Speak podcast. For inquiries, suggestions, comments on your favorite guests, or who you'd like to see on the show, please email us at dancespeakpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-N-C-E-S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And check back in next week for our latest interview. Thank you so much. so simple it's just dismissive that somebody can take that to heart mm-hmm. you know I had this it was so I had such a beautiful moment right after I did um Greece right mm-hmm. and you know I teach on convention and I had this this mom she had took a picture of me and her daughter that was assisting me and it was such an epic shot it was like me on stage and you could just see the sea of all the dancers that I'm teaching and I was like oh my goodness can you send me that picture and she doesn't send it for about a month and it was not until I did Greece, and she's like, oh my God, I was watching Greece. I, I, I got to send you these pictures. And she says, hey, she sends me a second email that's like, hey, I just wanted to show you this. And it's me and a picture of her daughter. 
that was assisting me, but from like three, four years ago. Oh my God. And I'm like, whoa, she says, you, you may not remember this, but she said, I just want to let you know that my daughter um, was ready to quit dancing. She only would stand in the back of the class and you chose her, you selected her, you chose her to be a part of your, your group to perform it in the showcase. And you were the first teacher to acknowledge and recognize her. And ever since then, she's it's changed everything. Now she's mm -hmm. going to the Joffrey. Do you want more? She's training at all these places. And I'm like, what? And at that moment, I was like, here it is. This I didn't think anything behind that gesture. I just saw her. I was like, oh, you. Yeah, you. Come. Yeah. And knowing that a moment that was so simple changed this girl's life. Changed this girl's life. So I look at it the same way. A, a simple negative response could easily change, just some, change someone's life as well, you know? So... I just try to inspire everybody, and I always tell them, I'm like, listen, man, don't do not do it for your family, don't do it for your peers, don't do it for your teachers, your studio, social media, do it for yourself. Yeah. Because you're going to face opposition. Anyone that's pursuing their dreams, you're going to face obstacles.